Welcome to this week's episode of Young Monarchs, a motivational podcast where boss babes like you can learn, live, and thrive off of each other through the stories of my journey and other young monarchs along the way. We're on our grind and living life unapologetically. I'm your host, Tierra, Miss Tierra XO on Instagram. Now let's get into it. Hey, boos. Welcome to episode nine of the Young Monarchs podcast. I am your lovely bomb ass host, Tierra. And from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate y'all for fucking with me and the Young Monarchs podcast. I hope y'all get something out of every episode. But today, today, sis, you are going to feel revived by the end of this episode. I have been waiting to get juicy with y'all, and I am so excited. Episode. I'm joined by Abigail. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. She's an Atlanta-based business marketing and entrepreneurship educator. She advocates for self-love and enlightenment movements such as Black Girl Magic, uh, Afro Latina, and Vibrate Higher. When she isn't molding the next generation, she enjoys cooking, trying new foods, dancing, developing holistic recipes, traveling, and reading. And her goal is to inspire individuals to seek within in order to create their outward world. And today's episode that I'm so happy she's here for is all about us as women and being able to freely express ourselves when it comes to sex and sexuality. So I'll go ahead and say that everything is on the table for this episode and there's nothing... There's just nothing that's that we're going to leave off. Exactly. <laughs> we're going to share all of the tea, and we're going to start by doing this icebreaker game. And we pretty much have these cards in a little box. It's all mixed up, and we're just going to randomly pick and answer some fun questions. So I guess I'll just start <laughs> you off. You can start first. <laughs> all right. My favorite position is, oh, this is easy. <laughs> Missionary. Really? Missionary. What's your favorite position? I feel like my favorite position is doggy style, but that's really? a personal thing. Uh, I mean, missionary, I'd be getting hot. You know, no, missionary, <laughs> I feel like, because uh, sex is like very, a closer like, connection. Yes, I feel like they're giving me a hug while you're also having sex with me. It's just. It's intimate. I'd be I like, you're that. sweating on me. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Let's switch it up. <laughs> That part Let me see. All right. I'm nervous. <laughs> These cards was crazy that you did. Mm-hmm. Okay. If my sex life was a book, it would be called. A is the Bible, B is sex for dummies, and C is 50 shades of AIDS, which that would not be it. <laughs> I would say it would be the Bible because I do, one of my like secret goals, I want to have like sex classes for women. Showing them how to do like oral sex and like how to do all these different things. Wait, will people actually be having sex in the class? No, they'll be like, I'm thinking like having like a fake dildo or like a banana or something, and be like, this is how you give the best head. This is how you give the best this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but some people still don't be getting it from porn. I don't like porn. I don't like watching it either, but I also never like learned anything. From porn outside of like this position is this this position is that but like how to I feel like my sex class would be teaching you how to control a man sexually okay I feel like this is 
complex because <laughs> every guy likes different things, you know? Some guys, they like to just, like, head, for instance. Yeah. Some guys like to be sucked really hard. Yeah. And some guys just like it to be, like, really wet and fast. And some guys like it slow. Like, you have to kind of cater to the individual you're pleasuring. No. You think that's best practices? I definitely feel like there's best practices. <laughs> I, definitely, <laughs> I definitely feel like... I feel like if there's maybe like four or five things that every girl could do to like pleasure in that way. This off top, even though, like you said, some guys do like things differently. I personally have just never experienced somebody being like, no, I don't like it that way. I've only experienced like, oh, this is like the best ever. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a class one day. <laughs> like, we can do this. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm not even gonna lie. I had a guy stop me saying, "What are you doing?" <laughs> well, I'll just like nothing anymore. Never have I ever had sex in a public place. If yes, how many times and name the places? Have I? Does the car count? I was in a parking lot. Yeah, that counts. Yeah, that's that one. Counts. Um, you really, you know, get it on in public. Oh. I had sex at the uh, hookah lounge. In the bathroom. Wow. Yeah, I was very drunk. <laughs> I think I've had sex on a cruise, like in the bathroom. Also had sex, sorry mom, in a theater, mm. like in the theater, on the cruise, two different places in the cruise. Right. <laughs> and then, I feel like all of it was on the cruise. <laughs> so it was all in oh, like, you know, you know, I was on the cruise, cruise. I was like. There's no cameras. We can just go ahead and slip into this boy's bathroom. Right. And then, yeah, those are wild. I have one more, but I just forgot it. But I feel like there's another it, one. It's like always that one that you don't think of. Yeah. We'll come back to it later. Okay, cool. Let me see. Let me see what the next one. I don't know, but. Okay, so the research study that I believe is most accurate is. A, men think about sex every six, seven seconds. B, sperm is good a good facial cream. Or C, swallowing semen helps prevent breast cancer. <laughs> I was like, two of these, I can just not. I don't know. I don't know if this works. I hear so many people say sperm is a good facial cream, but I've never actually seen somebody be like, test this out. You know, as somebody who makes holistic <laughs> recipes, I feel like it's my job now to test and see if semen like, I, but doesn't, doesn't it kind of like fizz away after a few like seconds? Like it's not, it comes out white and then it just clears, it's clear after a few I think so. Like a minute. And then it also depends on like what the guy is like eating, like what his diet is like. Because what if his diet is trash and I'm testing this on my face and I break out because your diet is shitty. That's very good. <laughs> I'm going to say that is a myth. <laughs> I was like, that's a myth. So the one I believe the most is probably men think about sex every seven seconds. Mm. I don't mm -hmm. feel like it's seven seconds though, but I feel like it's the way more every than. Hour. Yeah. Maybe like every, every other hour. Every hour. Every, yeah, for sure. I don't think it's, I will hope not every seven seconds. I don't got time. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I can't help you. All right. 
When I lost my virginity, it was A, only 12 seconds, B, extremely awkward, or C, a bloody mess. Well, it wasn't a bloody mess. <laughs> not it, it was probably closer to a 12 seconds 12 seconds it was very painful. and awkward yeah mine was not no i don't know if it was awkward i was just i was screaming at the top of my lungs he literally put his hand over my mouth oh, and no. he was laughing oh no yes <laughs> look i i wish i didn't lose my virginity i feel like a lot of people <laughs> for who they lost their virginity yeah. with I, to be honest, I can't even remember his name, but I was like, <laughs> I was in college and I was like, I want to see what this is like. And it was lit. the first thought that came to my head, which is going to be the same thing I tell my daughter. Afterwards, I was like, oh, I could have waited for this shit. Like me sitting there, I was like, oh, I could have, like instantly, like it was over me sitting there. I could have waited for this Right. Shit. Well, this was all the hype. <laughs> Second thing. This is what you bitches would talk about. Hey, right. y'all want to do? I could have waited for this. And I was disappointed. I was. It was too. not. It was not what I thought. And I don't know anybody who had a good first experience in my head. Hmm. When it comes to sex, I am turned on the most by choking anal or giving head. I'm turned on the most by giving head. Giving head? Yeah. I think out of. I tell like. I tell people I would rather, like, if I had to pick give head or have sex, I would probably pick give head. You prefer giving head? Yeah. I prefer having sex. See? It'd be like, we can both teach the class. I can do the oral part. You can do the actual. I do penetration all day. (laughs) Okay. Let's do one more. All right. This is the finale for the first segment. (laughs) I want to have blank inside my anus. I don't, oh, I don't, you can do I don't, another one. Right. First of all, I haven't even done any butt stuff. Let's just be honest here. Done any butt stuff. Except I have gotten my ass eaten, but yeah. But like, that's normal now. What is considered butt stuff? Like, not, with the butt. not licking your butt, but like, have you had a dick in your butt? Oh, Lord, no. Right. Every time I think about that, I'm like, that does not even sound <laughs> pleasurable. I was like, you got to get me real fucked up or something. <laughs> okay, to be honest, I usually masturbate, A, so I can fall asleep, B, once in a blue moon, C, before breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> to be honest, I don't ever masturbate. Really? I'm, nope. I think I, I have a toy. I have uh-huh. one toy that I bought because my best friend was like, you need a toy. <laughs> He's like, you gotta you have stop, one. Stop fucking these niggas. <laughs> you need a toy. <laughs> so we went to the sex shop. <laughs> I got me a little toy. Uh-huh. I used it once and I was like, this is not This it. is not it. This <laughs> is not it. I need a dick. <laughs> and that was, that was it for my masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so interesting because I listen. Have you ever heard of Horrible Decisions podcast? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's two girls, and I won't call them sluts because they're I don't they I guess they would consider themselves slutty, but they're just like open about their sexuality mm-hmm. and just like casually have sex. And they're like, I it's one girl does not masturbate at all, and another girl like always does. I'm like, it's so interesting, like, how different women's bodies are to where, like, well, something that I would enjoy, other people are like, I'm never going to do that, and I don't want to do that. I'm like, okay, sis, go ahead and decide. 
Yeah. Frequently? I would say, yeah, to go to sleep. To go to sleep? Really? Like, it, like after I was like, okay, time for bed. Like, oh, wow. I instantly would just fall asleep. Oh, wow. Whereas after, after having sex, I won't instantly fall asleep. Like, instant sleep is for masturbating, for me. But se- having sex, I'm like, okay, let's, let's go out now. But masturbating, I'm done. Like, I'm going to bed. Do you feel like you do a better job? No, I think it's like, I don't know what it is. I don't think I do a better job at pleasing myself, but I think with masturbating, it's only like, like literally your only job is to please yourself in that moment. It's not to please somebody else or have a good time. It's literally for the purpose of pleasing yourself and then you do whatever you do afterwards. <laughs> the chore. Which for me is going to sleep. <laughs> so when I can't sleep, I will masturbate and then I'll fall asleep. That's interesting. And it has nothing to do with like, I'm not enjoying sex. I just, if I can't sleep, that's what I'm going to do to go to sleep. And that's the only thing that really like works to me. Like when I can't sleep, that is the only thing that I works. Wish. I really wish. I have a whole toy. And you have like one of the what kind do you have? It, um it's it's nice. I mean yeah. it's, it's curved a little no, it's not that curved, but it's yeah. soft. You see feel the ridges. Uh-huh. It kind of goes like this. I don't have no fancy ones. Oh yeah. It heats up, like so what? it gets really warm. Yes, girl. It heats up. Does that it hurt? heats up and goes like this. On its, its own? Up. Yeah. Oh jeez. It's a vibrator and a dildo. And it just stays in the same place. Like it's. And it has that little thing for clitoris stimulation. It's crazy. It's a it's a real ass toy. Is it like. I'm picturing the ones on porn. Where they like on the wall. And they move on their own. No you just. You hold it. Yeah. And you, oh. I mean but it does. It moves on. Moves in and out. And around. It's so crazy. I've been wanting to see, see these. I so, think, so how do you master? With your fingers? Yeah. Oh, I don't like. So I have two toys, and I don't like the way the pe- like I have a penis toy, and then I actually have like a butt toy, mm-hmm. and I don't like the penis toy. Like, but you like the butt toy. Mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I don't use that for masturbating. That's more like a sex fun thing. But the actual one for masturbating, I don't like it hurts. It's one of the, it's like a regular, it's like a regular size. I guess that's just regular size. And it's, what's a, okay, what's a regular <laughs> size penis? We're talking about some regular size. We're going to get to regular size in the episode. <laughs> but the dildo is like, I would say it's an average, like, I don't even know if it's an average dildo size. It's like, a little less than like a water bottle, mm. and it's it's like thick like a regular, not even like a regular penis. Like it's thick, and it hurt, but it hurts, and it vibrates, and it like moves on its own. It has like the different vibrating temperatures, but it's like I just I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, why do people do this to themselves? Because it hurts. It's like not a, it's not flexible like a real penis, and it I guess for me because it's not, it's painful. Mm. So it's like, I'm just going to use what God gave me. Man. <laughs> That's good. I still haven't mastered the fingers. <laughs> what happens? 
And girl, I feel like I also know girls are different. Like some girls can use their fingers on the outside, and then some girls have to penetrate. Like they have to put something inside. Wait, so when you masturbate, you don't go inside your hole? Uh-uh. Oh, you just massage your clit mm-hmm. and you're good? I go right to sleep. Because I guess it's like everybody's pleasure point is at a different place to where I don't have to go inside. Oh. But then I know girls who like who have the dildos who, have, who need like that, who don't get any like stimulation from outside. Right. Mine, I don't. Clitoris is like funny. Yeah. I need penetration. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, I don't. See? So it's like I You gotta figure out who you who you Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is great for this podcast because you have the best of both worlds. So as you'll already know, we're already getting into it. But we're gonna start off with the boss shit segment, which is this segment, um, Abigail, we've only started this year. So I'm still explaining it, and during this segment, I'll share real-life stories of women who are making a difference, running things, or just a woman who, like, all around has a crazy-ass story to share. But for this episode, today's boss shit is from a girl named Anna Marie. She's a 28-year-old Romanian woman, and this, our boss shit is about her, pretty much her sexual education journey and how important it is to have clear conversations with the youth about real-life potential situations real-life potential situations at a realistic age. Because I don't know, and we'll talk about it later on, like how we were taught about sex and um, how to like be safe and protect ourselves. Thinking now and thinking about what I want to do with my own kids is not what was told to me. Like I want to be very realistic and very like, here are your options, this is what you should. I mean, what you should do, like these are things that you can do, and these are the things that could happen if you do. So her story, I'm pretty much going to read a part of this article that she wrote. And she starts with, I was very lucky to have an open-minded parents who quickly adapted to the new realities and embraced them positively. Still to some extent, still to some extent, my teen years and my transition to adulthood were not so different from theirs. I grew up feeling ashamed and somewhat guilty of my body receiving too much unwanted attention from colleagues at school to strangers on the street. It seemed totally natural for strangers to slap my behind or catcall. I knew this was not right, but I also didn't realize that it was not my fault. One lucky day in 2013, Anna Maria applied as a volunteer for the Society of Contraception on Sexual... Wait. I messed up, y'all. One lucky day in 2013, Anna Marie applied as a volunteer for the Society of Contraception on Sexuality and Education, and it changed her life. It opened her eyes to the lack of information that young people face and how different things could be. The people she met there were so open to discussing sexuality in a positive way that it took her a while to realize that it was very possible to have another attitude towards being, towards well-being and self-care. After being trained, she started going to school to give sexual education workshops. She continued in the field and was eventually hired to coordinate the entire network of young people working on comprehensive sexual education at the national and regional levels called YSAFE. Today, Anna Maria is still volunteering, now for you at, 
an organization for youth advocates who are doing their best to make sure young people get the attention they deserve when it comes to their sexual and reproductive health rights. And I love this article because even though we're talking about like our sexuality and how we see it and we viewed it, it just shows like girls all around the world literally have the same kind of feelings when it comes to how like other people have treated us when it came to our bodies and our sexuality mm-hmm. and then how we just all do not feel like we know enough. <laughs> but I guess to start off the episode, I wanted to talk about, I guess starting with the history of women being ashamed for being sexual or just sexually expressive. For me growing up, I I cannot control the way that I look nor can no other woman. So growing up, I was told off the top by my mom, like anytime I wore V-necks, I had to have like a tank top underneath that came to here or had to have something that was covering my butt. And I understood like she's my mom, she wants me to cover up. But as I got older to being like high school where I've always had big boobs, like a very large chest my whole life. People like, oh, you need to cover up, you need to cover up. And it's like, I literally cannot do anything about this. Like, I didn't pay for these boobs. Like, they're put here. <laughs> and I have to cover up is cool, but just, like, the constant. Like, my mom is, like, the pull-up-the-shirt lady. So where she would see me out, and she'd be like, pull up your shirt. And I'd be like, yo, like, this come from your side of the family. <laughs> this is where I got it from. And I, that made me feel, sh- like, a little bit shameful of the fact that I did have a larger chest. And it made me a little insecure of like, what am I supposed to do? Or how am I supposed to dress to where boys don't make comments about how large my chest is? Do I got to wear hoodies all the time? Or do we just need to teach our boys how to be respectful? Is a lot what I've dealt with all, even going to college too, like wanting to be cute and knowing like, okay, I have a large chest, so I maybe can't wear this or wear that. When in all actuality, I should be able to without any type of, oh, what's going to happen or who's going to bother me tonight. I think I went through something similar. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've always had a big butt. Uh-huh. My dad was always trying to get me shirts that covered my behind, yeah. especially when I wear leggings. Uh-huh. And honestly, I've always been a rebel, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to be risque. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm going to walk out the house looking yeah. this way, but I'm going to fix myself <laughs> when I get to my destination. So, like, you, you know. one of the girls in the bathroom? Probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, that was but, my sister, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, honestly, it also did make me, like, insecure about my looks. Because when you don't have somebody kind of reinforcing your beauty and yeah. some kind of aspect and they're telling you to cover up or this is yeah. not good like this is how I'm built this is yeah. how I am like like I can't do anything about it so exactly. what am I supposed to like when do I get to embrace it mm-hmm. is the question because even I'm 26 and my mom will still say you need to cover up your cover your boobs or you know pull the shirt down and it's like, well, when am I allowed to just be like, I like my body this way and I'm going to wear what I want to because God gave it to me for a reason. And I feel like that's kind of where I'm at now, especially like with me working out and getting over all of the insecurities I had from being ashamed of my body. 
Now it's like y'all gonna see these curves. Okay. Then you gonna have to enjoy them because I don't want to be like a nun. Don't like a nun. And but then I also think about already. This is me like ninety percent of the time in leggings and a hoodie. And even guys, even still, then will stare at me in the grocery store like not even discreetly. Like will literally be like. What are you like looking all in my face and I'm just like, sir, what is it happy with? And it's like I wanna dress nice and I wanna be sexy, but then I also have that little thought in the back of my head, like, I don't wanna be bothered by you niggas. I don't wanna be bothered by you uncles, you daddies (laughs) with your kids. I don't wanna be bothered by you. Get my groceries. Get my groceries. Or I wanna get this drink at this bar or just have fun without your uncle come and talk to you. And I struggled. I feel like I still struggle with that, but it's kind of like guys just have to. But I feel like now instead of, I feel like anything that you try to avoid just becomes a bigger issue. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and even I tell my ki- my students, you know, um, group projects, they hate group projects. And I'm like, the more you hate them, the more... You're gonna, gonna dislike them, but yeah. if you learn how to master them, mm-hmm. then you control what's going on, right? Yeah. So it's just like, guys, no matter what, you're in public, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna be approached by humans, especially if you yeah. have, you know, nice characteristics. So it's just, I think ladies just need to get to a point where they no longer try to avoid yeah. and just learn how to master the swerve. Who master the swerve <laughs> and be like, oh honey, you are so young. Get away from me. <laughs> mm. Or you know, some come up with creative ways to I don't even know how to be creative when somebody when I've been places where men or guys will holler at me when I'm alone and I just don't say nothing. I don't say nothing, I don't turn around. Oh yeah, the like ignore I, that's like it's a full on ignore. But I have never had anybody, like, approach me after that. Like, if I ignore you and I be like, no, I'm chilling. Like, nobody else ever came up to me after that. Whereas oh, no. Some I'm, of my girlfriends, like, guys will be like, no. Like, no. I'm trying to talk to I'm you. I'm talk to you. What <laughs> to is you. your name? And I'm, I'm like, no. Frederick. <laughs> That's great. That's an ugly name. But <laughs> Sorry, Fredericks out there. <laughs> what was it like? Um, like sex education wise, because I know for me, not to a default, but my mother is very religious, mm. so she focuses more on. Well, she always focused on you do not have sex until you're married, right? Which I understood that, like I understood what the setup was. I under, like it made sense to me. I was like, okay, that's cool. You want to like save yourself for the person that you're gonna marry. And then as I started getting older in high school, I started thinking like, well, what if I save myself to get married and the man that I marry doesn't like please me (laughs) because I don't know what it's like to be pleased, which I guess is the reason why people say don't have sex until you're married because it's like if you don't know, know better, like it's always going to be like, okay. So question. Do you know if she had sex before getting married? Oh, yeah. So I was born before she was married. Okay, (laughs) so, like, people who give that advice, I feel like you can't... I understand the Mm -hmm. whole reasoning. You want to protect your children. Mm -hmm. But 
you also have to be realistic. I feel like a better piece of advice to give your children is figure out who's worthy, who's mm-hmm. valuable, who's, you know, like, those are the things you need to do a vetting system matters, instead yeah. of, like, saying, oh, wait until you're married. Like, that's... Because that's People what... People aren't getting married anymore, first right. of all. Like, <laughs> what? We reconsidering <laughs> options. Because <laughs> my mom, she, my mom was saying, don't get married. Don't have sex until you get married. My dad... My dad was more so... My my parents in general instilled fear into me instead of... And that's why I was having this conversation of me always being worried. They instilled fear, which worked because I didn't have sex until I was 18, 19. I don't have no kids. So something worked. But it was just like that fear of... Like, what if I do... Like, you know, what will happen if I do... So I had to take it and be like, okay, don't have sex until you're married. Okay, I'm going to take this and change it to don't have sex with anybody who you wouldn't want to be the father of your children. Right, that's good. And I feel like for me that helped me because one, it kept the number of people I was having sex with all the way on the low because I was like, everybody ain't going to be, like, I'm not going to want to co-parent with you. I'm not going to want to. I was having sex with people who I thought I could they would be husband material. Right. Even if they wasn't my husband, I was like, okay, if we have a kid, you'd they be a good daddy. Dad. Like, you'd probably marry me one day. It'd be cool. But sometimes I think about, like, casual sex. I never had casual sex because of that fear tactic. Whereas I have girlfriends who do have casual sex, and they're like, no, it's like, it's just casual sex. And I'm like, well, I was taught that like it's a soul tie and it's this and it's that, which I like that because I do feel like it is. sex is intimate and you can't, that's the only thing you can give to somebody to where it's like, like that's what they, you know, it's that's a different thing. type of relationship yeah. once it becomes sexual. It's not defined. Yeah. I mean, you can still be their friend, but like, it's still different. Yeah, it's, it's, different it's regardless. deeper than yeah. oh, we're just friends. It's like actually, I have a piece of you, right? Like even though we don't, I feel like our generation doesn't really acknowledge that part, the fact that people just have sex and sex and sex. But like, what's the what type of soul is this person have? Like, are they real? They have bad juju's or good juju's? Right. I definitely agree with you on the soul ties. Um, like. Your parents sound like I was raised by a single father. So he was like the all-in-one, the spiritual and the fear. So I just remember growing up and he would always tell me, if you get pregnant, mm-hmm. I'm killing you, mm. the boy, and the baby. So three people going to die in this scenario. Is that what you keep going? <laughs> okay, we're, you were talking about... Your dad. Okay, so my dad was basically your parents all in one. Mm-hmm. He was both religious and he instilled that fear. Mm-hmm. So he was like, if I ever catch you pregnant, mm-hmm. I'm killing you, the boy, and the baby. Yeah. Okay, so my dad that? definitely put abortion on the table. Like, if that was ever a thing, like, this would not happen. He was just like, if I find you pregnant, everybody dies. Everybody <laughs> right. Everybody's dead. dead. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. And it was like my dad was an ex-Marine, so you know oh, I was no. like, that's actually impossible. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna play with you actually. So, um, I had a very similar experience. It's like I, I didn't lose my virginity until I was 17 going on 18. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of a late yeah, in, in this generation. everybody that we know. Yeah, I've heard people say that. Like, I was 
say 12 and 13. I'm like, what? I was like, where, where were your parents? What were you doing? Where were you at? So, um, and I just didn't get any sexual training. Like, it was just that fear. Yeah. It wasn't like, well, you know, it wasn't until I went to school where they were like, well, you have condoms. And it's like, oh. And they were like, female like, oh, condoms. Like- Nobody <laughs> ever used female condoms, by no, the way. I've actually never seen one. I've, I've seen them, and they just don't get used. Yeah. Like, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I am a heterosexual female. <laughs> it might be used for other demographics. Yeah. Um, but I just never received sexual training at home at all. Yeah. I had to figure everything on my own. And it was definitely trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like in non-positive ways. I don't know. Do you think sharing your sex sexual experience with your children will benefit them? Or do you think that would be more like exposing them to things before they're ready? That's a good question because for me, not getting like I knew, like, if you're gonna have sex, use a condom. I didn't know how to use a condom, but I knew, like, if I was gonna have sex, I needed this thing called the condom. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't take birth control until I went to college for like period symptoms. So that was another thing, like. When I was in college, my mom's like, Are you taking birth control? Are you taking birth control? Don't want no babies. And I'm thinking, like, I thought I was on this to help with, like, cramps and things. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for me, what I, thinking about it now, the one thing that could have made me, even though I was, like, like you like you were a little bit older, what could have made me wait a little bit longer is if I had, like, my cousins or, like, just being in a room with older cousins and they were talking mm-hmm. about them having sex. Mm-hmm. Me just hearing how other women were experiencing sex would have made me not wonder so much. Cause I was just, when I did decide to have sex for the first time, it was really because you were curious. I was in college. Nobody was about to stop me. Nobody was about to come in this room. And I was like, so I wonder what this is like. And I feel like I'm in a safe quote unquote safe space to be able to explore it. But if somebody would have just told me like the first time I had sex, it was like this. Or if I just heard people talk about their sex lives, I was like, okay, that's not cool. But I can wait. <laughs> but I didn't get any of that. Yeah. Like, I heard no sex stories, no, none of that. I only heard, like, don't have sex. Exactly. And it's like, okay. And it's funny because it's like, it's kind of like the same thing now with kids. Like, people who have kids are like, don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> okay. all right. <laughs> And, and it's, yeah, no explanation. Is it the person you had a kid with? Is it, like, what is like it? Like, what's wrong with What's wrong? Kids? We need to know. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's what a lot of, I don't know, because even in high school, when my friends were would talk about sex, it would be, like, a quick little, like, yeah, we had sex. Yeah, it was okay. And my friends would actually say, like, it ain't all that. You can chill. But they weren't giving me the Which details. Yeah. Like, I need to know, like, Okay, so when does it hurt and when does it not? What is what is like a, like you know what's the smallest penis you've seen? What's the biggest penis you've seen? Because when I started seeing them, I was real life like, oh, they do make them this small, or oh, they do this make them this big. My first one was small. I remember when I was in college, it wasn't the first one, but I was talking like talking to a guy, and it was getting to a point where I was like, okay, we can try, like see what happens. 
and we were about to have sex and he pulled out a condom. I'm used to seeing condoms like with Mag- the quarter size, like magnum size yeah, condoms. Yeah, yeah. This condom was like a nickel size. Mm-hmm. Lifestyles? No. It wasn't a lifestyle. It was like the circumference of the actual condom packet, like the rigid edge that you can see was like a nickel size, not like the quarter or like the magnum size ones. So when he <laughs> pulled it out, I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, they do make them this small. And it was like small. And I was just like, girl, small leg. Did you still do it? Smaller than this card. Did you still do it? No. I was oh. like, it was one thing we're not going to do is waste bodies here. And I just talked, I, I was thinking to myself, like, I'm sure you told, have heard this before. I'm going to just be real nice. And I was just like, I don't, I don't think I want to do it anymore. Like, I don't think I'm feeling. What was his reaction? He, he was cool. Like, he wasn't, and it was good that he was cool about it. Because that could have gone, like, way left. But he was like, that's cool. I respect it. And we were just, like, chilling for the rest of the night. But I, I, I looked and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing that. Like, thinking to myself, I was like, no. Girl, <laughs> like, I'm people told me all my life, like, don't have sex, don't have sex. I'm damn sure not going to add a number, and it's this number. I'd be feeling bad for folks, man. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, damn, he probably ain't had pussy in uh, uh, the next I time I now. saw him on campus, he was with a girl, and now it's his girlfriend. I was like, okay, you found somebody for you. <laughs> and I've also been in a situation where a guy had a penis that was too large. Really? Like, I've seen a 12-inch dick. It's got to have been one of those. And I was just like, no. I was like, <laughs> like the first thing <laughs> in my head was like, oh, no, we're not doing this. I was like, you're blessed. And I even told him, like, straight up then, I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this. He was like, why? I was like, I think you're going to hurt me. Like, not only are you going to hurt me, I just started having sex, and you're not about to ruin me. Like, okay. <laughs> 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 Like, I was thinking, like, this nigga is not about to ruin my life. My, you're not about to ruin me. I want to have kids. I don't know. This is going to be painful. And I was just like, yeah, I can't do it. And it, that situation, he was cool about it, too. Like, he laughed it off. I was like, cool, you cool with it. But then afterwards, being in college, he was telling people, like, well, we did have sex. And that's a whole that's nother conversation. That's a whole nother conversation of, like, don't put that on me. Because I never, like, I could have been like, yeah, your dick was way too big for me. But I was like, I'm not even going to give you that. I would just be like, no, that did not happen. But I was, that was, he was probably going to be like, maybe the second, per- I, after I had lost my virginity, I was just like, no way. I was like, no way. You're going to hurt me. Like, the first time hurt, and this is not going to be any better. So I'm out of here. But I like things like Amber Rose's sex, um, sex walk. Because I feel like that kind of takes it back and puts it into our control. As in, like, women, I genuinely, genuinely feel like whatever you feel like you want to do sexually, you should be able to do it. And it's shitty when people or, like, guys specifically will, like, be like, oh, you're you're a slutter, you're a hoe, just for doing, like, what you want to do, really. Because there's so much stigma on women having sex. Just like we're on this podcast talking about it, and some people would be like, Why are they talking about that? But it's like they'll say, Why are they talking about that? and then turn around and go have sex. No, 
And I always, every time somebody asks me why, I always ask them why not. Like, why are we not having this conversation? Everyone has sex. Yeah. So, it. Except asexual people. Really? And they're like all in the minds, asexual. I don't know how that works. <laughs> That's a whole other research that we have to do. But I'm going to say about Amber Rose, slut. I wish it was just named something different. Just because, like, the word slut has so much negative connotation, and now mm-hmm. she's trying to, like, take make it, it back, to make it different. Make it different, but I just feel like we should uh, hone in a different word. Like, yeah. maybe if we found a, a goddess of sex, and we just call yeah, it something like this. the Afro the goddess, right? Something to be more empowering, yeah. and then have people realize. Because I feel like, but I mean, slut walk is controversial, and people are gonna be nosy and be like, "Well, what is this yeah. about?" You know? So, because I know my boyfriend specifically, when I, because I've talked about, I love Amber Rose, mm-hmm. and I've talked about her slut walk, and he's like, "Why is it called a slut walk if y'all don't want to be called sluts?" And I had, like, we sat here and had a real-ass conversation. He was bringing up good points, like, mm-hmm. well, why, like, why? Why do you want, why would you call it a slut walk if you don't want to be called a slut? Or is this something, he, he would say, like, is this something all the hoes go to? <laughs> and I was like, well, it's really just owning the fact that women can be sexual. So to your point, like, I feel like another name would be cool. And then I can, like, rally more purpose, people around yeah. it. Because guys see it as, like, Oh, it's a bunch of hoes getting together. I feel like that's how a lot of guys would see Amarose. It doesn't walk. see, and I don't know if um also. Oh. Want to be featured on the show? If your friend is on her grind to live her dreams, reach out to us on Instagram at underscore Young Monarch, or me directly at Miss Exo to be featured on the episode. Have a story to share? DM us on Instagram or leave a message at the link in our bio and we'll share it during the Motivational Tea next week. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, so for this week's Get Your Head in the Game, we have a segment from Angela Thurston. She guides, educates, and mentors other women on their journey into the sweet center of sexuality. She empowers women to step into their realm of self-discovery where all aspects of being powerful and feminine are explored. She educates and mentors women emerging into their full sexual expression of their radiant, magnificent, and divine selves. Take a listen. The fact is is that the majority of us are not tapping into this natural resource. And sadly, the importance of it has been diminished over many thousands of years by our culture and our religions. And we have been handed down over the generations a distorted, imbalanced, and corrupt version of our bodies, of love, and of sexuality. In my working with women, I see that many of us have spent a lot of time, money, and energy on personal and spiritual growth work. And it has become apparent to me that this disassociation from our bodies and our sexuality is causing a disruption in our ability to create the lives that we desire. When a woman awakens her feminine essence, her creative sensual center, 
her whole being radiates. When a woman learns how to heal, transform, and utilize the life force energy in her womb, she becomes a magnetic force. It really is a missing link. And it really is about creating a relationship with ourselves. We do not have fertility organs so we can simply menstruate for 30 to 40 years or produce the allotted 2.3 children. These are organs of mass creation. And unless we consciously bring awareness and attention to the abundance that is contained within our sexuality, we will continue to struggle because we're not fully showing up in our lives. And this will create an imbalance somewhere in our external world, in our relationships, in our finances, in our creativity, in our careers, or in our health. We really have to learn how to drop down from the incessant voices in our heads, the voices that tell us that we're not worthy, the voices that tell us we can't do it, the voices that tell us, who do you think you are? When we listen to the intelligence of our bodies and we develop healthy relationships with our sexuality, those incessant voices become muffled. You know, like Charlie Brown's teacher, wah, 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 wah. Okay, so now we're going to talk about women on the rise and expressing our sexuality. I guess I'll ask you, what do you think that means? Like expressing, being able to express your sexuality? Because I feel like it's being able to be all of the above, being like flirty. Like if you're out with your boyfriend, like I should be able to be in the lounge and be all up on my man because it's mine <laughs> and being sexy and having that like you know that sexual energy like live and present where I feel like so many times people try to shut that up for us so I feel like our sexual energy and being like flirty being sexy being like confident in like our physical is sexual expression but then I also feel like it's you know, having sex with who you want to, how you want to, when you want to, without judgment of anybody else. I think um, definitely the first part, I agree with you, mm -hmm. uh, of being able to tap into that sexual energy mm -hmm. and um, express it out in public. I think it's become more accepted now yeah. than it has been previously. Um, but I feel like when it comes to judgment around being free sexually, I think we still haven't really tapped, mm -hmm. been gotten past that. Um, we still live in a patriarchal society, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, <laughs> I have this conversation with uh, my best friend, but people still view women as property and as that. prices. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're my girlfriend. You can't do this. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. Like, putting limitations as to what you can and can't do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, it's still 
viewed as the less partners you have, the more valuable you are as a, yeah. as a person, as a woman. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think there's still a stigma around, you know, the, the number of partners mm-hmm. you've been involved with. So, um, I like, do people still ask that question? Yes, absolutely. I still get asked. Hmm. I feel like at a certain age, it was like, why do you care? And why are you not going to tell me? Are you going to tell me your number? Oh, yeah. Because I've had people who are like, well, I've only had five people in my whole life. Guys say that? Yes. Um, and then they feel... They're probably lying, too. <laughs> they're lying. Oh, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're lying. lying. I only had three. <laughs> That's. I feel like... Um, I agree with you. I definitely feel like women are still viewed as property. It is fortunate that now women are starting to be more present and take up more space on like that leadership level mm-hmm. in like jobs and roles. So I do see it shifting, but I'm really interested to see like when does it really shift to where we're all just individuals and we're not men and women, but we're like we're individuals. We're people we can do whatever we want to and we're viewed as I won't even say like viewed as equal because nobody I feel like in my life people will never probably view women as equal. And I'm 26 and I hopefully got like 80 more years. But I don't think But I think the way media is kind of positioning women is at a disadvantage. Like Mm -hmm. they're like telling women you need to find somebody that basically pays your life, mm-hmm. you know? And then when you give somebody, when you don't take control of your own life, you give somebody power over oh, you. Yeah. So they have that, uh, they feel like they have that authority to ask you or tell you mm-hmm. or make you do whatever they need to in order to keep you in that ecosystem. Yeah. I feel like that's, I feel like it's two things because there's certain like now there's women who are ambitious and are going for what they want to go for. Mm -hmm. And then there's still not still, but then there's women who like what we could do. We could take our physical and be like, we're beautiful women. We're curvy women. Fuck working. I can use this. I'm a prize. (laughs) Right. Like I can use I am the gifts. I can use this to pay for my livelihood. So it's like that double edged sword to where it's like half the women are saying like I love you I'm gonna be with you but I can get it like out here on my own and then there's women who's saying like I'm beautiful I don't have to get it out here on my own in my personal opinion <laughs> comes back to a universal quote where they say <laughs> the mind is a terrible thing to waste Facts. so if you diminish yourself to just be figures and mm-hmm. you know you're not doing the world any service okay. by by you know, but they're still being not. Treated. I feel like men will have to turn that on the on its head. I feel like one day men will have to say like, I don't see value in a woman who. I think a lot of guys have, but really, I, yeah. I guess because I like on social media, I see like maybe men of like a different status. I think men that that start to go against. That whole media, like, yeah. women should be taken care of. I think they get kind of, like, bogged down with women, like, oh, you an ancient-ass nigga. Uh-huh. You, you know, you're not going to take care, hold down your own. Yeah. Like, you're not making no money, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Like, and I just think those men kind of stay quiet because they don't want that feedback. Like, yeah. But I have actually had um, conversations with guys that are like, you know, a relationship is something coming from both sides. Right. It's not, it's not supposed to be one sided. Right. It is, like, I agree. Like, I feel like relationships aren't supposed to be equal in decisions and actions and the way that we move as a unit. But then I just be thinking, like, what goes on in certain women's minds to where they say, like, I don't care about that. Or maybe it's not even that they say they don't care about it. They don't even think about it because they're getting, like, the material that they want. I feel like, I don't know. I'd be going back and forth in my head like, okay, you can do, like, as a thinking about, like, certain women, like, you can show your body online all day and make money for it. And you can date people and have them pay for your life. But what happens when you're too old to show your body online? Or what happens when he tired of you just not bringing anything to the table except your physical? So then I've actually like, seen <laughs> then what do you, you do? turn into a very sad individual yeah. who ends up doing things that you don't want to do to fuel a life that you've been used to. Yeah. Because I, my dad told me a story when I was little. I wasn't little. I was in high school. He told me a story of one of his close friends had been married for like 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. Happily married, never had any issues in their marriage. And one day he, the husband woke up and like looked at his wife and was like, yeah, I want a divorce. And she was like distraught. She was at home mom. Mm-hmm. She was taken care of. And to her knowledge, they never had any issues. And to his like, his truth they never had any issues he just woke up and was like i no longer want to be in this with you people change get out and literally i when my dad told me that i was like okay i got it like just going back to like earlier i just needed a story to know like what do other people experience for me to say i will not experience that right and it's that story that even like today like if my boyfriend is be like you don't gotta work no more you good, I got you. I'm like, I Thank appreciate you. that. But I can't do that. <laughs> I would have this story in my head. I was like, what if one day you just not fuck with me no more and I gotta go? And it's like, it's those stories that have helped me know, like, you gotta be more than just a face. Like, my mom always says, like, what she said, pretty girls come a dime a dozen. You gotta have something upstairs. And I'd be like, okay, I see it. But when he told me that story, like this man, to his wife's knowledge, was in love with him. Like, was in love with her, gave her everything, took care of her, and was just like, yeah, it's not gonna work. Yeah. So, what ended up happening to her after? She got out. And I had never heard a follow up story. Like I literally, I want to know too. I'm gonna ask him. But, but he was doing like, well. Did she find a career? Did she just crumble? Like, I don't. My dad, he was like, he told her to leave. Like, you have to leave. I'm not going anywhere. And I was like, damn. I can't be me. <laughs> like that was the person. I was like, that's a little sad. <laughs> but that story, like. I feel like teaching our kids like 
just telling them like real shit that we've seen or other people have experienced. I feel like those are the things that will that kids will stick to. Leave an impression to actually make them make reasonable and sound decisions. Like I'm 26 years old and I have never forgot that story. And I don't think I, I will tell my kids that story to <laughs> let you know, like you're pretty, but you gotta have, you gotta do something, find something that you can make money off of and that you like to do. Yes. Cause it's, it's gotta be something. Um, so being curious and trying things. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but I guess what are, do you think that if you, like, would you tell your partner, I want to try this or I want to do this, do you think it's taken differently or not taken differently? Do you think there's a lot of judgment behind mm-hmm. women saying, like, I want to try this or I'm curious about this or I feel like it depends on the man. I think if you have a mature man, he's mm-hmm. definitely going to be um, open to hearing what you have to suggest. Mm-hmm. Um, just depending on the human you have uh-huh. is how adventurous and, and how you know curious he he's willing to take things as well. Yeah. And I don't know if you want to talk about are there things that you're curious about or. I feel like I haven't all the way fully expressed my like sexual side. So I've been told I couldn't do that. But it's like luckily I am in a relationship with somebody that is like the definition of free spirit and carefree. So where they're like like whatever you have in your head, like <laughs> it's worth the conversation. You're from this <laughs> like it's worth the conversation. <laughs> and that's like a rule we have here. It's like everything gets a conversation. Like if the conversation is a no or yes or no, it's still like this is something that you want to do, let's talk about it. And let's see how it goes. But I know like everybody's not in that situation. Mm-hmm. So for girls who are not it's kind of like, what kind of advice would you give them to where if they did want to try things or do different things in their relationship, but they didn't feel like they could take it to their person? Find a new person. Like, you really have to find somebody that, like, is a good partner, like, and mm-hmm. is going to satisfy you because... Sex gets repetitive, y'all. Like, <laughs> the same three positions. You gotta, you know, you gotta find somebody who's willing to, you know, this switch it up and, yeah. and make make it spicy. So, if they're not even willing to try, you gotta go. You gotta go, sis. Try. <laughs> what do you, what do you think about labels? Like, women being labeled as... Like whole labels, slut labels, like good girl labels, or it's just people trying to get power. Yeah, over other individuals. I feel like they're specifically not necessarily... like women. I don't feel like guys have labels. Do I mean there's like oh, yeah, fuck boys. I mean outside of like the standard, <laughs> you have good guys and then you have fuck boys. But what was that like... new one? Oh, it was not new anymore. But Hotep, I never knew what That's that. Really... Like, what is that? I don't know. I just Hotep? used to. I've been like, I would see on Twitter. I'd be like, <laughs> look at this hotep here. Caught. Talking about a guy? Yeah. Hotep? Let's look it up. Let me see. 
Hotep. It's like H O T E P, something Hashtag like that. H-O-T-E-P. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. That's about right? I hope so. An Egyptian word that roughly translates to be at peace. Nah. Where is the Urban Dictionary? Right. Uh, it says peace. Peace or I come in peace. The common greeting with people well-versed in true world history. Hotep. I used to see people <laughs> say, like, that nigga is a hotep. <laughs> you never seen that before? No. Let me see. Tap men. Oh, let me see. Egyptian word. Over the past few decades, the word has also been utilized quite frequently by Black Americans who happen to be more Afrocentric. Let me put it this way. If you happen to attend June, a Juneteenth festival this year, the collection of business cards from vendors there, at least 17% of them will have hotep writing somewhere oh. around them. So a hotep is a pseudo-conscious fuckboy. What does that mean? That means they're not they're fake woke and they're a fuckboy. But they're they're a fuckboy, but they, they cover it up themselves like, as like that's a hotep. <laughs> that's a hotep, okay? Bitch, you a hotep. Like you're not actually you're not woke. <laughs> you're a fuckboy undercover. <laughs> So you're a hotep. And you're not into the culture. So look, we learned something new. Right. Hotep. <laughs> Annie, you Is that how you say that? Hotep. Hotep or? Hotep. Hot. Hotep. I feel like it's hotep. Yeah, right here. You see? They are a special breed of black men that want you to believe they are woke and pro-black in every way. <laughs> I was like, y'all need to start pointing them out. Where's the whole time? The fuck? <laughs> Right, like, and you, you don't really know the struggles. Right, <laughs> like are you fake woke or do you know what's going on out here? Right, and, and this is probably another conversation. But how do you know if somebody's real woke or fake woke? Real. How do you spot a fake? I feel like fakes don't take action or take a stance. Mm. Mm. I don't know. So I feel like I would be real woke. And if I was ever in a situation to where I had to stand up for like my people, I would. Like I wouldn't. I have this real strong thing for like black men getting how they talk about black men in media and things like that to where like on this platform and anywhere, if anybody wants to talk like bad about black men, I would be like, we're not going to do that today. <laughs> like we're not going to do it. Like, it's a lot of whole tabs out here, but we're not going to talk about black men. So I feel like fake woke is like when you would be in those situations where you just be quiet. Mm. But then you'd be at brunch talking about, oh, we got to stand up. We got to do this. But then when they get the option, they don't. I'm just going to say, I love black men. Uh (laughs) I do. But we have to also be realistic with everything that's good and bad. You know, oh, you can't you can't just oh, overlook. True. So, but you also and it's scum and everything. 
in everything. And, and even you. Yeah, it's this in here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I think that's um, something that people people can't yeah. realize it's all praise. Like everything has It's different side. things, yeah. true. So being sexually expressive, um, how do you feel like that affects the way women like dress or because you're a dancer too so like sharing your dances your choreo your choreography dressing sexy posting sexy pics i feel like all of that is sexual expression well take it i'll take outside of the dance because dance is its own form of expression but then you can be a sexy dance and that can be part of your sexual energy to where that can be like seen negatively or talked about negatively but it is who you are yes i walk to the beat of my own drum like i (laughs) honestly do like and me i could care less i could dress up like a lizard (laughs) you know like for me it's just like a me expressing my my inner creativity Mm -hmm. like it's not me trying to seduce you like honestly I'm an Aries. Mm-hmm. So if I want you, I will come up to you and be like, look, this is what it is. This is what I need from you. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like you would know, but mm-hmm. <sighs> humans are complex and intricate. So you yeah. never know. Like, I think it's it's all that it, looking at people's intentions. Like, are you doing this for attention? Yeah. Are you doing this because you find it? You truly, genuinely find it fun for yourself, or yeah. like um, that. And but no matter the intention, it's like people are going to react the way they do. True, I think that's what I'm learning. Because to like the next point of like doing what you want, regardless of people's opinion, I'm still working on that. I feel like that. I feel like I'm doing a lot better because I do what I want. I'm doing what I want. I say what I want. But when it comes to the way that I share online, I'm very conscious of who's watching. My dad sees every single every single story, every single post. My mom's not on Instagram, but she can still tell you what my last post was. <laughs> and I have like family and stuff on there. But at the same time, like I'm a nice, I'm a sexy woman. I show so I guess like me tiptoeing into doing what I want is me showing like my workout stuff. So maybe give you a little swirl of my ass or like so something like that. But I want to like fully embrace the sexy and share it. But then I be thinking about, I've always been told like, oh, you're the role model. Because I'm the oldest girl in my family. I'm the oldest cousin on my, I'm like one of the oldest. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely the oldest on my mom's side. So I've always had that thing in the back of my head like people are watching you. See. My whole thing is, I don't care what my family thinks. And honestly, if I love it, that's all that matters. Yeah. And, I, you know, I have people tell me all the time, I look up to you. And it's like, great. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like, literally, if you're not harming somebody. True. Like, you can just be able to do what, whatever what you are, What can people really tell you? Oh, yeah. you know, like, first of all. Take your grandma ass. We don't live in the the 20s anymore. Like, even in the 20s, they were walling. Like, so. They have um, prohibition. Like, the underground. They have flappers. Flappers. 
girls were showing legs, okay? Shoulders <laughs> and legs. <laughs> ankles, all of that. So it's just like literally live your life because honestly, at the end of the day, you're the one taking care of yourself. Right. And I think that's what I'm realizing now is kind of like, because I've grown up to think like going to school, I did what I was supposed to do. Getting my master's, I did what I was supposed to do. Getting a good job, doing what I'm supposed to do. But it's like, there's a whole bunch of other shit that I just have not done because nobody was like, this is what you're supposed to do. So now I'm like, I'm modeling, doing the podcast. And it's like, I'm I'm doing what I want to do, but I'm still like, I'm just, I'm getting into it. I'm like warming myself up to be like sharing more. And I remember seeing you uh, sharing on your Insta story that you were just going to be sharing more of your life, sharing more content. And I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I do want to share like my journey into like not being not being insecure and like really being happy with myself and really sharing myself and expressing myself. But then I'd be like taking a video of me talking. I was like, oh no, we're not gonna post that one. And you'll be surprised. You will not like yourself, but there's probably hundreds of thousands of people who are like, wow, there's somebody who got in front of the camera and is talking to us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a lot of people who are just doing that. Yeah. And, and, and like tr- like truth sharing, not right. like I don't want to do fake sharing, like, oh my day was cool. I want to be like, I had a shitty ass day today. <laughs> You know me. I hit you with that. Uh... Do you want some of this wine? Yes. <laughs> mm. Wine refills. Come on, stop. That's good. That's good. You're trying to get me drunk. No. Yes, you can work on it. I still want to try yours. Let me finish this one. All right, so. Um, but yeah, I just. Live your life like you are responsible for your happiness mm-hmm. and you're responsible with everything attached to that. So that includes your sexuality. That includes figuring out yourself. And I really want to um, eventually write a book about self-discovery. I feel nice. like so many people don't even understand what purpose and passion is. Like, what is that? Because they're True. like, follow your passion. Follow, do your purpose. And you're like, well, like how do I find it? it? Where is it? Yeah. <laughs> So, like, I just think, you know, do your own thing because at the end of the day, honestly, most of the time people who genuinely care about you, you know, make you happy and everybody else makes you unhappy with their opinions and you should, don't let anybody tell you how to live your life. It's your life and they have their life. So if they don't like to do something, let them do that with their life. <laughs> and you live, you know, you're like, gonna go trial and right. error on my own life over here, right? right. But I love that because I know I say like I'm just now getting into it, but really, I have like been making my own decisions that do go against the grain of other people. But I'm like now realizing, looking back, like, oh, you did make up your own money, you did do your own thing in this situation, and nothing burnt to flames, mm-hmm. so it's like. Now, I do try, like, every week or every day to, like, really do stuff that I want to do. Like, I like going to yoga now. Mm. So, I will go. It's right around the corner. I'll even walk sometimes. I'm like, I'm going to yoga, bye. Or I'm going to, I like going to tea shops and just, Mm. like, sitting there and writing. So, I do that by myself. And just really, like, anything that comes to my mind. I'm thinking, like, right now, 
I'm drinking this wine and it's almost 10. I was like, I might want to go somewhere after we get okay. a drink. I'm like, I might go do that too. But I love, I feel like you and people who like really do what they want to do inspire me to know like, yes, I do what I want to do, but I'm not. I'm not there yet to where it's like, fuck everybody. I don't give a fuck how you feel. Like, <laughs> fuck you. I'm just going to do it. But I'm there to where it's like, this is kind of my life. And I'm either going to enjoy it and do it in my way. Or I'm going to do what I think other people want me to do. When all actuality, they don't matter. First of all, people don't matter. People are all talk, no action half <laughs> the time, right? Facts. It's so true. Like People say this and that. It's like... I like, you can talk about, that. But let me see your resume. What what mm-hmm. you got going on over there? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can say this, that, and the other, but Yeah. What growth, what have <laughs> you added to this world? Like, you Wait, know what are you doing to help us here? So like um just just literally do whatever, do whatever makes you happy. <laughs> That's my advice always to everybody. Yeah. Like even people who are in college, they're mm-hmm. like, "Well, it's not for me." And it's like, "They okay. not for everybody, right?" Honestly, I always tell them like, college is for people who are looking for structure. Mm-hmm. You know, because they education is out there. There's so much free content that you can mm-hmm. get what you need. You can get all the free training you have. Mm-hmm. But college definitely offers that structure mm-hmm. you need. And if you need some kind of validation to get you in certain rooms, mm-hmm. like that's what college does for you. And yeah. networking. Those are the three things. Oh, yeah. That you, you I get like my networking has got to get better. You probably wouldn't have met the same those people off the street. Like, hey, what's your name? Yeah. You know, you're in the classroom with people, so you just have that opportunity of being in an enclosed space yeah. for a certain amount of time and, and you build that relationship. True, definitely. Okay, so for today's today's get your life segment. We're going to do one thing that we're struggling with and one thing that we are killing when it comes to sex and sexuality. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, do you know, do you want to go first? I feel like one thing I'm, what? One thing I'm killing is, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> keeping him interested uh-huh. even after having so much, you don't have to. Sometimes when you have sex with people, you're like, well, is this it? Yeah. I think, like, I'm I'm really good at keeping it spicy. Uh-huh. Like. <laughs> like, doing different things. Yes, yeah. Dressing up. Like, uh-huh. um, I, I'm pretty spontaneous. So, mm-hmm. that I don't have the issue with. One thing I'm struggling with, and I'm pretty sure millions, <laughs> maybe even billions of women. <laughs> writing. Really? That's so interesting. I am, girl, like. <laughs> Three minutes and I'm out. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am. What am I killing? I'm definitely killing being more comfortable and more open to trying different things. But I feel like I got to give the hats off to like the partner to make you feel that comfortable. But I'm doing things that I've never like done before, like writing. Like, I was never doing that. Mm. Like, don't even ask. <laughs> My legs hurt already. <laughs> but it's like now I'm like, oh, I'm getting good at this. Like, do you just want me to do this the whole time? And one thing that 
what I say? I was killing, like, trying different things. One thing that I'm struggling with is, I guess, that bringing that sexy out of the house. Because so many people know me as, like, I've always been known as, like, sweet, quiet Tierra. Like, she chilling. She don't do nothing wrong. Whereas, like, I do want to show, like, oh, she can be spicy. She can be sexy. She can be that. And I... I can honestly say, like, I do not start twerking in public. I know. See, that, like, that, would, let, that would be a <laughs> signal to everybody. Tierra is no longer <laughs> the sweet, innocent person you think she is. Like, get on the table and start air riding. Oh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> but, like, that is something I'm struggling with. The getting, well, one, getting out the house more to be sexy. And then, like being sexy, being out. Cause I've always been like, oh, I'm cute in the corner with my drink. Whereas like in like inside of me will be turned the fuck up outside. But like what I show is like, oh yeah, she in the corner chilling. But like inside I'm going ham and I'm enjoying the song. Whereas I want to bring that out and be like, that is me, but what's not me is me sitting in this corner watching you have fun. <laughs> I'm the person they form a circle around. They're like, oh, this girl's butt wide. I'm sorry. Like, this is the party. I literally would just start dancing crazy. Just, you get enough alcohol, I will not give I will start doing goofy moves too. Like, everything is included. And that, I feel like that's me. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Young Monarchs podcast. Make sure you tune in for next week's episode. It is our Valentine's Day episode, and I will be joined by a fine-ass man. Fine-ass man in the back room as we talk about creating the love you want, boundaries, and we're either going to play a little truth or drink. But I hope you guys have a good week. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Abigail, so much for coming. Thank I'm you. super excited about this one. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. (laughs) Love this episode of Young Monarchs? Make sure you follow and subscribe to take this journey with us. Follow us on Instagram at underscore Young Monarch to stay up to date on the latest episodes, bonus content, and more.